going to start right off with Isaiah chapter 9. So let's get it rolling. If you got your Bibles, this is a very famous prophetic passage about the coming Messiah. Felt like the Lord gave me a word on that for this morning for us. We'll jump to verse 6, chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And if this is new, or unfamiliar, this passage was written by the prophet Isaiah probably around 800 years before uh, it actually happened, hundreds of years before it happened, and so this is truly a, a prophetic, forward-looking, the Messiah, the Christ to come. For, to, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be on his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of the armies of heaven, the hosts, will do this. So each of the next few Advent Sundays and Advent services culminating on Christmas Eve, that Friday night service, we're going to be looking at one of these names of the Messiah. There are four names given to this child upon whom the government will rest, upon whose shoulders he will carry a government, and of that government it will continue to increase into all of eternity. Fast forward into the New Testament, that's what Jesus called the kingdom of God, and he is king. And so in this prophetic passage about this coming child to be born, who will be the Messiah, there were four names given. And in that culture and at that time, names were incredibly powerful. Because if you knew someone's name, then oftentimes it was associated that you knew their nature. You knew their essence. You knew what they were all about. So a sad example of that is when, you know, Jacob got named Jacob. It means deceiver. And unfortunately, most children live into what their parents call them. And he did. And that was the association of a name. A positive example is when Moses was encountering God for the first time. And he said, not coincidentally, what is your name? That's where God says, Yahweh, I am that I am. He actually doesn't give him a name. He, in a sense, he does. It comes, he becomes his name, but he just says, I am. Like, I am reality. <laughs> you can call me that. It revealed the nature and essence of who God is. So names become incredibly important in, in the Bible, and they can become incredibly important now. I believe God has a name for each one of us, our identity in his eyes. But this morning and the next few Sundays, we're going to look at a few of the names that the Messiah was given. And what's important about that is they're not just names to sing. They are a revelation of the character and nature of God and how he wants you and I to know him. A name is something to be known in the Bible. If you know the name of someone, there's an intimacy that is opened up. 
to where now you get to know them, not just the, the physical name, but to know this about them, to experience this. And so that's the idea of these four names of the Messiah that he will be called. They are intentionally chosen by the Holy Spirit to be things that we can focus in on and say and be confident God wants to be known in this way. God wants you to know him in this way. Not just about him, but truly experience him. And not just once, but again and again and again to know this name of God. And this morning we want to look into the first name given, Wonderful Counselor. The Messiah will reveal the nature of God as a wonderful counselor. And wonderful in our day and age can often take on something a little bit different. So I want to parse it out a little bit for a moment because it can more be like great. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. It's great. And it's kind of along the lines, but it's, it's more than that. Wonderful in this Hebrew biblical sense actually means miracle. A miracle that makes you wonder or puts your heart in a posture of awe and wonder. It's also something that's just unusual, out of the ordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. It's something miraculous, and it causes us to be in a state of awe and wonder. And then counselor has to do kind of straightforward with someone who is a source of wisdom, someone who gives wisdom and insight and direction and helps people make good Life decisions. And you put those things together, and that is who God wants to be known as in our lives. There's some biblical example of that word counselor, giving wisdom, planning, and direction, direction and decisions. And sometimes it's for better, and sometimes it's for worse. We can take up the, the kings of Israel, and we can see that sometimes their life drastically changed for the positive or the negative based on who they allowed their counselors to be. And that's kind of a good word for life. First Chronicles 27.32 spoke about a counselor named Jonathan, who was David's uncle, and he was a counselor, being a man of understanding and a scribe. He and Jehiel, the son of Hachimoni, or Hachimoni, was an attendant to the king's sons. And so that's just an interesting connection there. From a very young age, Solomon, who became the wisest man in the world, had a good counselor speaking wisdom into his life, opening up his eyes to see that wisdom is so important to make wise decisions with the path laid before you. What direction are you going to go? What is that based on? And Solomon ended up becoming someone who prayed above all things. He wanted God to be his wonderful counselor and give him wisdom. But he had it exemplified in the flesh as a, as a young man. And then a few generations later, unfortunately, in 2 Chronicles, we see the kings of Israel took the whole nation down a path of rebellion and ultimately rejecting God, and it got them into a whole mess and listen to the source of it all. Second Chronicles 22.4 The king Ahaziah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord as the house of Ahab had done. For after the death of his father, they became his counselors to his undoing. 
and the nation followed in his path. Counselors are of utmost importance. And we all have counselors. We all make decisions in life based on the direct or indirect input of people influencing us. And a huge question coming out of God's word as God being the wonderful counselor is we can have that healthy challenge to ourselves. Who are we currently allowing, seeking, hungering after to be our counselors for every single step of direction and decision and movement forward? I kind of saw a somewhat funny and and disturbing uh, ad this week. Uh, It was on Facebook and it was this little thing called Motion, and it's supposed to be an efficiency app. You know, you got so much stuff to do. You got your to-do list, and it says, oh, the old way of working is dead. There's a new way to get 25% more done. Stop creating endless to-do lists and blah, blah, blah. And it says, meet Motion, the app that uses artificial intelligence to plan your day. Let's just stop. Here we go. <laughs> okay, hmm. Now, I'm okay with planning and calendars and tasks. That's understandable. It's life. But are we really excited about letting artificial intelligence be our wonderful counselor? Now, it's funny, but it's not. This is the direction the world is heading very quickly. And there is a, that's like, whoa, whoa, Hello. I don't want anyone other than the wonderful counselor to be leading my day. I'm okay with a task list and a to-do list, but no, 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 no. I do not want artificial intelligence to plan my day. I want to wake up like Jesus who modeled being the wonderful counselor and operating in a surrendering submission under the wonderful counselor to say, I only do what I see the Father doing. And he had more stuff to do, more important things to do than any of us. And so that's that heart posture that says, I need the wonderful counselor to direct my steps, lead my heart. May my heart be like a watercourse in your hands, directing my steps each day. So the Messiah to be born is going to bear this name, wonderful counselor. The nature of God, someone who has extraordinary, even miraculous understanding, wisdom, that he wants to intervene in our life to lead, guide, and direct our path on the true path of life. I heard just an offhand testimony this morning. Don and Wayne were out there uh, doing the hospitality crew, and I heard, I know you won't get embarrassed because you just love to testify about Jesus, And she just said something about how God was lining up different people and divine appointments. And I I heard it, it just made my ears and my heart happy as she said, you know, in the way that God does that sometimes, it's almost magical. Because we have a wonderful counselor who wants to be in our life in a way that is miraculous. That we, can, we, we get to be on the recipient end, and, and it feels like, wow, this is like magical. This is miraculous. I know I can't do this on my own. 
It's good to be astonished by the work of the wonderful counselor who wants to guide our lives, but in a way that is of an extraordinary nature. To where the more we say yes to this counselor, the more we say yes to this one who wants to be extraordinary and miraculous, we're able to look back and give God glory by saying, wow, God's doing magical things in my life. Little old me has a wonderful counselor. Mark 1.22 shows how Jesus left this impression on people regularly. It says, they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, what is this? A new teaching with authority. So there's both the the authoritative wisdom, the truth. That's part of who you allow to be your counselor All truth is not created equal. (laughs) There's only one truth. There's only the truth that comes from Jesus, That every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so they were encountering a true wisdom from heaven in Jesus. That's the, the truth part of the one that you trust to direct, lead, guide. The one who says, follow me down this path, and you can trust him. And then there's this amazing side, this wonderful, astonished There's something miraculous. There's something extraordinary, something supernatural that takes place when I listen to Jesus. And that is the wonderful counselor. Jesus spoke of this very plainly when he was about to leave earth in John 14 to 16, it's the last supper with his disciples, and he speaks more about this wonderful counselor that they are going to have living inside of them. It's part of this new covenant that he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. In fact, it's to your benefit that I'm going away because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And my Father and I and the Holy Spirit, we will make our dwelling place within you. Like, no, human, humanity has never heard that before. That, that promise has never been fulfilled in the way that Jesus made it and fulfilled it and then gave it in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of us. And he describes the, that wonderful counselor like this in John 14, 16. And I will ask, and the Father will give you another, a helper, to be with you forever. But the helper, this is now John 14, 26, just down a few verses. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. There's the wisdom from above that we all need. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And he uses this interesting word that's translated helper. Famously for a lot of people and for very good reason, it's got a few very specific uh, Uh, meanings to it that go with it, synonyms. The word is parakletos. Helper is a great translation. Counselor is another great translation. Comforter, another great translation of it or another nuance of it. These are some absolutely foundational realities, relational relational realities here, spoken by Jesus about how God wants to be known, how God wants you to know him. 
in that relationship. Helper. We must admit our need for help in order to encounter the helper. Jesus gets at some fundamental postures here of if we're going to experience the wonderful counselor on a regular basis, what does our heart need to be postured like? Well, if you don't think you have any needs, if you don't need help, you're not going to encounter the helper. <laughs> and Jesus goes on. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful, rich definition. We must be willing to admit our own lack of wisdom in order for the wonderful counselor to do his work in our life. We must be willing to get uncomfortable at times for him, walking with him, going down the path with him, if we are going to need and encounter the comforter. So in the presence of this wonderful counselor that Jesus models and describes, he also shows us just the fundamental reality that in God's world, it is a strength for you to recognize your weakness. In recognizing and admitting that we all need help, need wisdom, need comfort, need strength, then, Jesus says, then you get the help, you get the comfort, you get the wisdom from someone who's far more powerful than any help you can help yourself with. So it's just, just beautiful, fundamental fundamental posture of the Bible that cries out. The humanity cries out for a wonderful counselor. Jesus said it like this a little bit later in John 15. Apart from me, and by this time, me means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and all that we're going to do after I rise from the dead. Me, because this actually came after he introduced the Holy Spirit and, and all of the promises there about dwelling in us. So he says, apart from me, which you can say, apart from the wonderful counselor, you can do nothing. But in me, abiding, connected, listening, partaking of the wonderful counselor, Jesus says, you will bear much fruit to my Father's glory. And God is passionate about his glory. He wants you to have a transformed, awesome, fruitful life so that as you call yourself a Christian, as we call ourselves Christians, people look at our lives and they give God glory for the, just how is that coming out of that guy? And that's the appropriate posture. We need help. We don't have it all together. We need the wisdom. We need the counsel. And Jesus is like, if you're there, you're in a great place. You're learning to abide. You're learning to, to stay connected to me and watch what I can do. And we'll close with just one beautiful picture of that from Mary. Back to the first Christmas and her response to the wonderful counselor. It's in Luke 1, 26 to 38, the kind of longer narrative where the, April, the angel Gabriel appears to her and tells her this incredible news that you have found favor with God, Mary, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name, that's always important, name Jesus. What does that mean? God saves. <laughs> it's a good word. It's a good name. He will be great. He will be called also the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him a throne of his father David. 
parallels Isaiah 9 well. And he will reign. He's the king. He will reign over the house of Jacob, the people of Jacob. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. This is a beautiful parallel with Isaiah 9 from several hundred years prior, reaffirmed by the angel, spoken to this young woman who culturally probably heard it before. She's probably in you know, early to mid-teens. She has like no position in this society, no rights, no authority, no title. And God, by choice, because he loves to do the unexpected as the wonderful counselor. He loves to do the extraordinary. He loves to turn our world and our expectations upside down. He loves to do miraculous. He, chose, he chooses this young lady and gives her this incredible word. And she says, verse 34, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And then in verse 35, the angel answers her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age, which again, upside down to the normal wisdom of the world. She's past, she's, she's barren, past childbearing age. The wonderful counselor likes to mess with us on purpose. <laughs> so it's extraordinary so that we are in awe of God's glory. Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son and is in the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with the wonderful, awe-inspiring, miracle-producing counselor who is with you. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. So Mary, on this first Christmas, gives the perfect response to the work of the wonderful counselor. She said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me. Just this beautiful surrender, humility. Let it be to me according to your word, according to your counsel, according to your plan." Do a miraculous thing in me. But this is so far outside the expectation of the world at the time. This would challenge everything she knew about how God had worked up to that point in, in the Jewish people's history. This would be miraculous. This would be a path that she's never known. This would be a direction for her life that she never saw coming and shouldn't dare go down on her own strength. This would truly be a miraculous work of God to lead, to guide, to direct her, to give her help and strength. This would no doubt put her in a very uncomfortable territory. But it would all leave her in awe of God. And she said, yes. <laughs> she responded with a humble hunger for more of God. And through that, she encountered the wonderful counselor in a way that very few in human history ever have. A humble hunger that says yes to the wonderful counselor. And sometimes that 
the recognition of our deep need for him doesn't have to come through some massive inner turmoil or rebellion against God. We've got the the keen pride that we see in the Pharisees who are just encountering Jesus and his the wonderful counselor that he's putting on display and it's it's a rebellious pride that's coming out of them like oh God couldn't do that God couldn't do that and they are they have God in this tight little small box of what they think God must be like and they're over and over lifted up as the examples of what we don't want to be but there's also those more subtle things of where there's just the like ah uh, you know, I, I, I love God, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk, and I'm faithful, but I, that's just a little bit too big for me. We didn't have time for it today, but that's the story of Zechariah that precedes Mary. The angel came to him and said, hey, you've been faithful. You and your wife have been faithful. God sees you. God, God wants to honor you. You're going to have a son. And he basically says, nah, she's too old. God can't do it. And the angel says, hey, I'm going to help you out right now so you don't screw this up. You're going to be unable to speak until this is over. And the moment the baby was born, he sings out a song of prophetic praise. So, not where we want to be, but that's our heart sometimes, right? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to be faithful. I've seen God do good stuff. I love God. God's like, hey, you're faithful. I got this big thing for you. Nah, God, you can't do that in my life. <laughs> that's what happened to Zechariah. Mary then becomes kind of that exemplar, that mimetic exemplar, the one, that perfect response that we're to learn from. I mean, this is so far outside of the box. This is so far outside of what is culturally acceptable, religiously acceptable, normal. It's the wonderful counselor saying, this is the heart of God. But I mean, the angel's only speaking the Bible, by the way. (laughs) Like the angel doesn't tell her anything that's not in the Bible, God's word, God's truth, reiterating the prophetic word and says, it's you. And her heart response is perfect. Just says, I want to surrender to everything you have. I need you. (laughs) I couldn't do this on my own. I don't have this wisdom. I don't have this strength. But in her response, she says, but I'm trusting you for all of that to be my wonderful counselor. That's a challenge for us this morning is this Christmas season is a great time to recognize our own human frailty, our own limitations, our ultimate need for God in every way, in strength, in faith, in wisdom, and in a fresh way like Mary to just be ready to humble ourselves, humble our hearts and receive afresh the help the wisdom, the counsel, the comfort, any and all things that God wants to bring so that you encounter afresh the wonderful counselor that our Messiah is. Let's pray along those lines. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song. I will dance a new Dance like day.